in keeping power of God. He's able. He's able. And I want to remind you some more times in the Bible when he tells us how able he is. Let me just read these to you. Don't need to look them up. Don't need to put it on screen there, guys. Just listen to this. He is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past. God's able to establish you. That's put you on a rock because of the gospel of what you believe. He'll establish you. Do you know what that means? It means hold you fast. 2 Timothy 1 says this, he's able to keep that which you've committed unto him against that day. There is a day coming. What you commit unto him, he's going to keep for you on that day. He's able to build you up in your most holy faith. Acts 20 talks about that. God wants to build you. That's one of the reasons why you're here. We don't want to just preach motivational pep talks in this church. We want to ground you in God's word. Build you up in your most holy faith. I want you to be strong in God. Listen to this one. You'll like this one. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Wow. That's Ephesians 3.20. This is the the promises of God, folks. To you and I. He's able to do far more than than we imagine. Do you ever have a situation where you think, how can God do this? And you pray about it, and it doesn't work out how you think. Yet somehow, just in the miracle of providence, things twist and turn, don't they? And it's never usually how you think it'll be. But God is able to do far more than you can even think or ask or imagine. Now listen to this one. For your security in God. You ready? He is able to save you to the uttermost. Those who draw near to God through him. And he was always lives to make intercession for you. Wow. He's able to save you to the uttermost. Have you ever said to any of your friends or you've ever thought, Lord, how can they get saved? Oh, they're too far gone. Have you ever felt like that? Oh, well, yeah. Have you, ever, oh, they're beyond gra- have you ever that expression, they're beyond grace? Do you know what? While you've got breath in your body, no one is beyond grace. No one is beyond grace. But he wants to keep and guard you that you may remain ultimately safe. As anyone, because this scripture you think, well, it talks about stumbling. He's able to keep you from stumbling. Has anyone here ever stumbled as a Christian? Or is it just me? Never. <laughs> we stumble, don't we? We stumble a lot. But the, what he's talking ultimately here is stumbling, ultimately. If you're really saved, he'll stop you from falling away at the end. He'll keep you. I want to encourage you that. And as I was thinking about stumbling and Stumbling into quagmires in our life. I've been through one. And I'm kind of going through one at the moment in my life. Quagmire. Anyone been in a quagmire? I remember once doing the three peaks in Yorkshire. Anyone done that? 26 miles? Yeah, Marcus has done it. Penny Gen, Wernside, Ingleborough. Did it in eight hours then. I was young and fit. 
but I was walking across one bit and I found myself. I thought, this looks all right over here. Next thing, I just sank down into a bog. And guess what? As I sank down, guess what popped up? A dead sheep right next to me. Lovely. And my mates just laughed and walked off. And I had to try and find my way and I stunk because I'd been in this bog with this sheep. I stumbled in it. I didn't mean to go in it. I kind of just stumbled in and got stuck in it. And it's blooming hard to try and get out if you fall in one of them. There's nowhere to put your feet. Now that can be a circumstance in your life. You may have stumbled into something you weren't expecting. It could be despondency and discouragement. Depression. Come through a circumstance and it's begun to accelerate in your life. And you're stuck. And you feel stuck this morning. You may have stumbled into something. Well, you're in the right place. God wants to speak to you. And as I thought about that, I thought about one of my historical heroes, Mr. John Bunyan. He wrote a wonderful book called, well, just one of his books, Pilgrim's Progress. Talking about Christian and his journey to the celestial city. And he's not long started out. He's not long started out on this journey. And all these characters, anyone read Pilgrim's Progress? 1600s, Bedford Jail, it was written. Amazing prophetic book. Because the characters who turn up in the book are all, they all, like, they all have a meaning in our lives. And as, as Christians starting out, he meets a guy called Pliable. Pliable. Pliable means to be easy, easily influenced and impressed. So he's talking to Pliable. He begins to talk about how Evangelist has told him about this marvelous place they're going to. And Pliable says, Oh, I think I'll come. I think I'll come. So they start to, in fact, Pilate says, let's walk faster. Come on, Christian, let's go. And they found themselves in the slough of despond. Despondency. It just was there, and they found themselves in it. It's not very long before Pliable says, I thought you said this was going to be a good journey. And Pliable manages to climb and scamper out and scampers back to the city of destruction. And Christian struggles, but he gets out. And a certain character comes up called Helps. Maybe you need a help this morning. Ultimately, this is your ultimate help, Jesus. But Helps comes along. And Christian's a bit put out and he's covered in muck. You can imagine, can't you? Like me in Yorkshire. Helps says, did you not see the steps? Did you not see the steps? But when sometimes the mud rises, the steps become hidden. And the steps are the promises of God. But when despondency and discouragement seem to rise up in your life, those steps can be hidden from view. But did you hear some of them this morning? We just read. He's able to keep you. He's able to do far more than you can imagine. He's able to keep what you've committed to him against the day. They're the promises that you've got. Sometimes they become a little bit covered up. But they're there. Step on them this morning. Get out of it. The slough of despond. He wants to keep you. He's able to keep you. 
He wants to guard you. Just turn in your Bible to Psalm 121 quickly. The other night we were in D.C. together and we were looking at Psalm 27, 121 this, this morning. And we looked at that being a seeking psalm. Well, this morning, Psalm 121, if you need a lift up this morning, and we all do, don't we? We all need a lift up each and every day. Psalm 121, I want to call this the keeper's psalm. The keeping psalm. Just look down at the words. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? You see, back in this day, you know, when they were facing a pretty tough time in a valley with an army against them, I'm looking for help on the hills. Where's the help? Is it coming? Maybe you're looking at the hills this morning. It is going to, there'll be a cavalry come any moment. But they don't seem to be appearing. You look into the hills. But what does it say? Where's my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord, Yahweh, Almighty God, is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The Lord will keep you. He's able to keep you from falling. You know, if you are in that place, we'll have to pray with you this morning, but you're going to have to stand on the steps. And I want to say to you, get a psalm like that this week, if that's you. And begin to pray it to God. You said, Lord, you don't slumber and sleep, you're with me. Day and night, you're always there. You promise. The hills aren't going to save me. Majestic though they are. You alone are my keeper. He wants to keep you. You know, the back of that that story of um, Christian in, in the Pilgrim's Progress, it quotes this in the footnotes. I'll just read it to you. You don't need to turn to it. It's Psalm 40. But I want to encourage you this morning. If that is you this morning, you're stuck a little bit in a quagmire. I've waited patiently for the Lord. This is David. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction. <laughs> this is me. Out of the miry bog. <laughs> and he set my feet upon a rock. Making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Listen. Blessed is the man or woman who makes the Lord his trust. Who doesn't turn 
to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. Don't chase a lie that looks good. Wait patiently for him. He can keep you and he'll bring you through. The keeping power of God. Let's look down again. The enabling power of God. He is able. He is able to present you blameless before the presence of Almighty God. Wow. Me? He's going to present me blameless? And Cedric knows what's coming now. Because Cedric and I often talk about this wonderful scripture in Hebrews that says this. Hebrews 10, let me read it to you. 11 to 14. It's talking to the Jewish people who knew all about sacrifice and high priests. They knew all about sacrifice for sin that was temporal. What the book of Hebrews is addressing that, it's saying it's all culminated in Christ. And it says this, Cedric and I love this. Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Now listen. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Ooh. Hang on a minute, that doesn't make sense. You've been made perfect, but you're being sanctified. I want to tell you, Christian, this morning, if you're a Christian, you are perfect before his sight because of Jesus. He sovereignly chose you. Don't ask me why. I chose him, but it, it's all a mystery, that bit. Right? I can't even go into that. But he chose you before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined you. To be adopted as his kids. He chose you. He's not going to unchoose you. And he's made you perfect. Divine sovereignty meets human responsibility. You've got to walk the right way. Sanctification. Oh, it'd be all right if it wasn't for that, wouldn't it? We said the other week when he puts you alongside Mr. and Mrs. Sandpaper. As Andrew Owen said the other week. You might be sat by them today. I don't know. But we're being sanctified. You've been sanctified in your marriage if you're married. Anyone else? Is it just me? Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. What you mustn't do is lose sight of how God sees you through the cross. Perfect for all time. Think about that for a minute. Just let that sink in. Perfect for all time. But being made holy. And you see, life has this way of shaping us and knocking the edge off us. 
And he uses all sorts of circumstances. God does discipline you folks. Who likes discipline? Hebrews said, no discipline. It's pleasant at the time. Oh, is it Josh? <laughs> you know what it's like if you're a dad or a mum? It's hard to discipline, actually. But it's even worse if you're being disciplined. But you know what? It says, it's no, not pleasant at the time, but afterwards. It yields a harvest of righteousness. So for those this morning who maybe you've got wayward people in your family who once followed Jesus, I encourage you, never underestimate the power of a seed in your life. Seeds in there. The rain will fall on it. The storm will blow it around. But eventually, it'll push through. It'll bring a harvest of righteousness. Don't give up. He'll present you. He's enabled to present you. He's qualified you. Do you know, I love that scripture in Colossians. It says this, giving thanks to the Father who is qualified. Who feels qualified? You feel qualified for this? This week I'm taking my part two motorcycle test on Wednesday morning, early in the morning. And guess what? I failed the last one. Anyone fail? Oh, I don't like failing things. I hate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I need it, man. I just don't want to stall that thing, right? But what, do you know what I am? I am I'm, I'm ultimately waiting for the well done, good and faithful servant. But I'm on Wednesday. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the well done, you've passed. And I can go and be a, a terror, terror on the road on my bike. But I want to say to you, he's qualified you. And you haven't had to do anything. No matter where you come from, where you've been, what you've done. He has qualified you. Everyone in here, everyone different. Every life changed. He's qualified you. And you've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness. He's transferred you. I hope we get some good transfers at Liverpool this summer. He's tra- <laughs> but he's transferred you and I from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. He's qualified you. I'm conscious of time, but you know the story in Isaiah 6? Isaiah's this priest is in the temple who becomes a prophet that day. And it's the year when the king Uzziah had died. And there was probably a bit of despair going on. Instability in the nation. Oh, sounds, a pro- sounds familiar. And Isaiah's probably a bit, where are we going? And he's going through the ritual and the motions. But this day's different. Isaiah 6. I've got to turn it up. This is a different day in the temple. Maybe you've been going through the motions. Don't turn it up, let me just read it to you. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. This is the one we're going to look at in the glory in a moment. High and lifted up, the train of his robe Fill the temple. Above him stood seraphim. Each had six wings. With two they covered their face, two their feet, and two they flew. And they called to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
and the foundations of the thresholds shook. Can you imagine being in here when that happened? At the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And Isaiah says, this is the priest Isaiah, Woe is me, I am ruined! Because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of these seraphs flew to me, having a live coal from the fire, that he'd taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth. And he said, and I want to say this to you this morning, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. That's what that's about. Paid in full. Don't, don't stay in the bog of your sin. Get out on those steps, those rocks of promise, and walk in God. Everything changed for Isaiah. He turned from a priest that day to a great prophet. And prophets have a tough call, folks. Because they have to provoke the people of God. And read through his story in the book. But he made, he's made something outside of him. Did you see that? He didn't make himself clean. Something came from the altar. Touched his mouth. Let God touch your mouth this morning, someone. Be careful what you say. Let the presence of God touch your tongue. Think. Tongue has the power, Proverbs says, of life and death. Just let that woman sink down. Finally, he's going to present you another Old Testament quickly. Zechariah 3. This priest again, like, jo- like Isaiah. You don't need to put it on the screen. It's it says, Joshua, he showed me a picture of Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan, anyone been buffeted by the enemy? You know? It's not usually the devil, actually. It's probably one of his little emissaries. But sometimes it's our own flesh. <laughs> we fight ourselves sometimes. And the desires, anyone else have the desires of the flesh? Or is it just me? But this particular day, Satan's there. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. He says about this Joshua, he says, Is he not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel, clothed in filthy garments. And the Lord said to him, Behold, I've taken away your iniquity, and I will clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, Let him put a clean turban on his head. So he put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by, and the angel of the Lord solemnly assured Joshua, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts. You know, you want to have a godly house, walk in his ways. But he's cleansed you. These garments... What you're wearing today, I don't mean your shirt or your dress. I mean the inside. You have robes of righteousness. I remember being in a prayer and fasting event some years ago. 
And have you ever been in a meeting? We have had it sometimes. Yeah, I want to encourage it. When there's a tongue comes in the worship. And it all goes quiet, doesn't it? Everyone, oh, what the heck? And then you have to wait for the interpretation. And someone usually will say, that was, that was the Holy Spirit speaking through somebody. And let's just wait now for the interpretation. And that happened in this big meeting. Someone brought a tongue. And it all went quiet. And then from the other side of the hall, this guy suddenly says, where did I get these from? Where did I get these clothes? These garments of righteousness? How did I earn these? Oh God, thank you for these new garments you've given me. The robe of righteousness that I don't deserve. That's what that's talking about. You can't see what God has clothed you in. But he's done it. And he will enable you to stand. Finally, really quickly. Glory of God. The last part of that Jude says, Oh, to the only God, our Saviour. There's only one God, folks. There's not three separate. God is one in three persons. Jesus the Son. The fully God-man. Totally God, totally man. He came and died on the cross. It's an offence to the Jewish mind. And we've talked about stumbling before. It's a stumbling block to them. Because cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. And what happened to Jesus? He hung on a tree for you and me. To the only God, our Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, and authority and dominion before all time, now and forever. I'm going to finish up with this Piper quote. In his book, Seeing and Savoring Jesus Christ, Piper writes this. We were made to know and treasure the glory of God above all things. And when we trade that treasure for images, everything is disordered. The sun of God's glory was made to shine at the centre of the solar system of our soul. Isn't that beautiful? Let's say that again. The sun of God's glory was made to shine at the centre of the solar system of our soul. And when it does, all the planets of our life are held in their proper orbit. But when the sun is displaced, everything flies apart. The healing of the soul begins by restoring the glory of God to its flaming, all-attracting place at the centre. Paul sums it up like this. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded them the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. I don't proclaim myself. I want to proclaim him. And give him the glory. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the faith, face of Jesus. Paul goes on to say, we're being changed from one degree of glory to another. And you know how you'll do that? Staying in his word, join his presence, and being together. We need each other, folks. Christianity isn't a self-help package. It's a togetherness walk. So I want to encourage you this morning. We looked at He's gonna He's gonna keep you from falling in the end. If you stumble this morning, you may be stumbled, get on the promises. Get up. Just in your heart, just come to Christ. Say, Lord, I'm, I, I'm, I'm coming back on. I'm getting on those words. I'm getting on those stones. I'm going to walk with you. You're going to keep me. You're going to present me. I don't feel like it this morning. It doesn't matter what I feel, because your word is above my feelings. And finally, it's not about me. It's about you, Jesus. You get all the glory. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I just, I just pray that, Lord, every heart and life in this place, Lord, we're, if we're honest, we need to be, just live open before you. Lord, if you need to just do some work this morning, hearts, I just pray you do that. Thank you, Lord, you are the surgeon of our soul. And you're very good. <laughs> you are very incisive with the scalpel. And Lord, if you're doing something, you need to cut some things away in our hearts and lives this morning. Will you, will you do that in grace, Lord? I just, I just pray right now that people, I, I, I want to just, Lord, will you lift any heaviness off people this morning? Lord, and let them remember that we're together on this journey. Lord, and when we fall in the, in the slough or we get in that stuff, let us help each other out. Let us stand on the stones of your word. And Father, I pray, Lord, this morning, if that's anyone here, just, just do a work this morning. Thank you that you're going to present us, that you qualified us already. Lord, I'm, I'm not going to be the best rider on Wednesday, but I'm qualified. <laughs> and then the journey starts. And Lord, I thank you for your glory. I just pray this morning, Lord, any in here who don't know you, who don't know you, Lord, Holy Spirit, just do your work right now. Let them repent of your sin, turn from sin, and welcome you to be the Lord and Savior of the life. Holy Spirit. Have your way this morning, we pray. Set people free and do your work, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said.